0: Hey folks, it's Carl over at Sterling Health and Fitness, and thanks for tuning in. So our topic today is corrective exercise for performance, and I have a real special guest with me to speak on this today. He is a Master Instructor for the National Academy of Sports Medicine. He has a Master's Degree in Exercise Science from the California University of Pennsylvania, and he's been a strength coach and personal trainer for a number of years now. So I can't think of anybody more qualified to speak on this subject than my special guest, Ken Miller. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. It's great to be here with you, and I appreciate you taking this time. So let's talk about corrective exercise for performance. Mm -hmm. Um, Share with me, what.
1: uh, just tell me about your approach to that. Well, uh, as far as performance goes, we have to move. Mm -hmm. And we have to move well, we have to move efficiently. So even, you know, whether your goal is to run fast, lift a lot of weight, go overhead, squat really low, we have to make sure that you can get there safely and efficiently. So that's where having the capacity to move with the least amount of stress that that you can put on the joints, especially, you know, the spine and the knees or the ankles or head and neck, that's where corrective exercise comes in. Even though those are the bookends of movement, corrective Mm -hmm. exercise and strength and powerful movements, this doesn't happen unless this is present as far as mobility goes. Mm -hmm. So just having the capacity to move first and that's where corrective exercise comes into play initially.
0: Right, and uh, actually we're coming at you from the NASM Optima Mm -hmm. Conference here and I was in your workshop this morning. We went through some really cool things out in the hallway. Mm and I think I might still be feeling them. Like, uh, I really uh, opened up my thoracic spine, today. Mm-hmm. it was really nice. So, you talk about mobility, let's talk mm-hmm. about that for a minute, because that yeah. seems to be an issue for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. you know I'm no exception. I found out this morning, through a couple of exercises I've never done, mm-hmm. that I'm not as flexible, certainly, as I'd like to be, right. and actually not as mobile, the uh, frontal plane lunges. Right, FYI. <laughs> right, right. So let's talk about mobility. Um, okay, like your stepping stones. You,
1: you're starting with uh, a series of corrective moves. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, fundamentally, in the workshop this morning, being on bias towards golf performance can be related towards anything else, whether related to golf or tennis or swimming, mm-hmm. whatever you need to do. You need to be able to get the body to achieve those positions and, and, and go there without overly stressing right. how your muscles are moving. So first things being first is can you get there? Mm-hmm. And then can you get there efficiently? And then can you get there with resistance and can you get there with speed? Okay. So when it comes to golf, let's just say, it is about opening things up, getting things to relax, to allow the other muscles to do what they're supposed to do and that way you have this... This, this optimal rhythm right. that happens at all the joints. And that's that's where mobility and stability comes from. It's just, right. first of all, get there. right, And then get there how you need to get there. You know,
0: one of the, I think it might've been the first slide you had in the presentation said, mm-hmm. if you have a body, you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, I'd like you to just uh, talk about that a little bit, because I was thinking athlete in the traditional athlete right. sense, right? Like you're out, you're doing mm-hmm. some sport, but mm-hmm. There are, this is basically anybody, right? Everybody. Could be... Everybody. What are some examples? Um, things that I, I'm already thinking of things i heard in the workshop, but things that surprised me, I never thought about, like, walking your grandchild mm-hmm. through the store or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. So just mobility. Right. And as far as, far as that goes, I mean, my, my two-and-a-half-year-old son, right? Mm-hmm. If he sees a curb, he wants to jump off of it. Yeah. Right, and he's going to jump, and he's going to land with his right foot first. He's going to land with his left foot first. He might he might kind of twist in the air a little bit for that little distance that he gets when he when he jumps, you know, from the curb to the street. Uh-huh. So when you think about athleticism, it's the ability to push yourself uh-huh. that direction, and then be able to control yourself upon landing. Right. You know. So if you think about agility, um, anything that requires change of direction, speed, he's already doing it two and a half. Now, if you have someone like my grandmother, who might have to carry a couple bags of groceries up the stairs, she's weighted. Mm-hmm. And now she's on one leg. She's balancing and she's moving right. and she's got to push herself up, you know, up from the bottom floor to the top floor. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you think about you know, what, what's happening there, she's resisted. She's on an uneven surface. She's mm-hmm. got to move from different body positions as as weight shifts. It's no different than if you're your alignment, and you've got somebody coming from your left, and I got to push here. But if the quarterback's going the other way, I got to get in the way of that right. defensive guy right. coming around, and I've got to be able to move the other way. So there is change of direction, and you know, in any given example that you have as far as athletics go, or even just activities of daily living. You know, nothing comes at you straight. Yeah, you know, we live in 3D pretty much. You <clears throat> exactly. We
0: have all these different three right. planes of motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave a good example today of you know when your two and a half year old disappears, like, <laughs> yeah, you you, right. you want to be able to move, right? And maybe catch up to them if you have to. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that could involve a transverse plane movement. Mm-hmm. So right. Um, yeah, he's
1: there one second and then he's gone the next. And yeah. So you're doing one of these things. So now you gotta yeah. look around. But they also like to play. I mean, you think. Playing professionally or recreationally, it's the same thing. Right. It's still play. So to be a good player, mm-hmm. right, you got to be able to do all those things. If I want to play hide-and-seek with my son or if I want to play uh, flag football with my friends on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving morning, right. right, it's all the same thing. I play with him. I yeah. play with my friends. It's all, it's all
0: play. Right, right. And we... A lot of us uh, tend mm-hmm. to train more on a sagittal plane. It's just normal. You gave great examples this morning, you know, when you go to the gym. But the mm-hmm. traditional things you see people doing are all sagittal: bench press, mm-hmm. you know, pull downs, right. rows. Everything is like this and not yep. so much right. like that. So we can, what's interesting is uh, talking with different experts like yourself. Uh, Dr. Perry Nicholson comes mm-hmm. to mind. He t- talks about primal movement change mm-hmm. and patterns. Right. We develop these things as babies, yes, and then at a certain point in time, usually probably when we're a teenager or sooner, sure. we start to lose a lot of that, right? Because of yep, computers, phones, um, we just don't move as much.
1: No, we don't, and you know something that I that I've read or heard in the industry now is what they call text neck. <laughs> You're, you're you're playing with your mobile device yeah you're right here so now your arms are are in your, your shoulders are internally rotated you're flexed and now you're looking down there and you're doing this and you're doing this hours on end you can be in front of a TV but you'll still be doing this so and that's led to um, deficiencies in the function of the neck and the, the cervical and the thoracic spine yeah. so when we talk about three-dimensional training or multi-planar training we um, We we become biased towards one plane of motion, Mm -hmm. and sport like golf, you're in all three. Mm -hmm. And the approach I take is that you can't predict the vector at which the force is going to come at you that causes an injury. So you have to train all of them. Mm -hmm. You can come up from above, you can come up from below, and posterior. So. When we create a bias of you have a set of overly active muscles right next to very underactive muscles, we create a strong bias towards that one plane where we right. tend to be strong. Mm-hmm. So, in the end, what we need to do is to have a strong muscle and a stable muscle next to another strong muscle and a stable muscle and, and all the way around 360 degrees. Right. Top to bottom, left to right. 3D. 3D. Life lives. We live life in 3D. That's right. Yes, I think
0: I heard you say that. It was the first time I heard that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, that brings me to another question I'd like to ask you. So Ken, the question I have for you is: uh, Where do people begin? What is? What's your recommendation? Uh, let's talk to two groups here because right? we could probably cover it. the answer. I think will hit. Both groups in the same answer, but mm-hmm. the general public, let's say, yeah, um, and trainers. Let's say trainers who are not familiar with corrective. What, what are your recommendations on that? Um, Let me
1: begin. As far as that goes, is for one, you know, the one thing I love about National Academy of Sports Medicine is the performance training model, the optimum performance training model. It gives you a system, gives you a protocol. Right. And it gives you a way to progress and regress, right. and depending on the adaptation that you're trying to achieve, you know you create the program based on that. But the the fundamental part of it is that it is assessment based. Right. So you can't change something if you don't know what to change, right? And, and Mike Clark said it best: "Where you can't manage what you don't measure." So yeah. for yourself, if when it comes to corrective exercise, I'm a firm believer of, of, of you becoming a living, breathing example right. of what corrective exercise can establish for you, right? Right. For me, having been a wrestler, playing football and baseball, I have my issues with my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that when I forget or if I don't make the time to do all those things I need to do to, to give myself mobility through my shoulders and my neck, I'm going to feel it. It comes back, right? It comes back. And yeah. if I can't perform, then how can I expect my clients or my athletes to do what I expect them to do. Exactly. <clears throat> so if I can't demonstrate yeah. it because I'm, I'm hurt, then they're not going to see a good example of what needs to be done, but more importantly, a good example of what it means to have good function and good mobility. So I myself have to maintain you know, good movement so that I can show them what is optimal with the best technique, mm-hmm. but I, they need an example of what it looks like to not be in pain.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good point too. And another thing that I just thought of was, uh, if you're not assessing, then you're guessing yes. with your clients. 100%. Uh, so, clients, if you're not a trainer and you're going to a trainer, you would want to have a trainer who assesses you for movement compensation patterns because otherwise, we can be doing damage. Um, right. You know, what's the famous thing? Just throw them on a the bench press. Right. But if your arms fall forward and, <laughs> and, and you're and, doing lat yeah. rows, I mean, if your arms fall forward, no
1: probably shouldn't be doing any lat stuff, right? So. <laughs> right. Or, or a great example of that is when you feel that tightness in the hamstring. Well, if mm-hmm. the hamstrings are already lengthened, the last thing needed they need to be um, that needs to be done with them is to stretch them any farther. Yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah. that's what what a lot of people do. They go down, they do a little hamstring stretch. Well, mm-hmm. if they're already out of position with their hips, yeah, they're going to do more harm than good. Even though the yeah. intentions are there, the technique is bad.
0: Right. So trainers, we want to be assessing, or else we are guessing. And um, we That's don't right. want to be hurting our clients by any means. We want to help them. The idea is to improve their quality of life, movement, and everything. Uh, I work with mostly baby boomers. So mm-hmm. yep. a lot of my boomers, and I'm a tail yeah. end boomer myself, uh, I have my issues. And I want to preserve <laughs> my quality of movement. Right. And my people all want that, too. They, mm-hmm. they want that. Everybody wants that, pretty much. But the younger people in general aren't usually in my experience thinking of that as much as the boomers with people who do have issues uh you know could be knee replacements Mm and replacements or just issues and so it's important it's it's important for everybody to make sure you're being assessed or if you're a trainer assess otherwise you're guessing right so after corrective then we're moving into uh of course, in the NASM model, we're moving into phase one: the stability endurance, mm-hmm. which I find is uh, such a great foundation for. Right, that's great. Um, we have uh, a viewer superior of a lot of trainers who are not NASM, and uh, not to be uh, preaching at you, but it, the OPT model is just in my in my personal opinion superior to any other model that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the results are walking around; they're living, breathing right. people who are. Athletes, right? Phoenix Suns, all mm-hmm. these different teams, where we see injury rates way down. Absolutely true. We can help. I'd rather have you talk about this. <laughs> we can help pre- prevent injuries through all this.
1: Yeah, and that's where again, going back to the assessments, um, you can never 100 percent eliminate the the risk for injury. Right? Correct. No one, no one can predict that if I do this, you're not going to get hurt. But what we can do is address the issues that, that contribute to the injury cycle. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about stability training and, and, and what that initial phase of training should be, it's to establish upright posture, yes. get better alignment of the, the key joints, ears, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles to generally put it, but get you to not just get there but to stay there and then to be yes. able to move from there And efficiently recruit those muscles that need to depend on other muscles for 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 dynamic control like the shoulder isn't going to be as strong or your deltoid isn't going to be as strong if the rotator cuffs are lacking in endurance right Mm -hmm. Right? and that's where starting off with that base phase that initial start of stability first and then to strength and then into power um, comes into play because i've worked with plenty of athletes that you know High power demand water polo players where they gotta, you know, they're, they're shooting the ball. They need speed and, and power, but by working on hip strength and, and trunk strength, without even touching an Olympic lift for power, they've been able to throw better without pain. Just by working on some of the fundamentals with with posture and, and pelvic control. Yeah, that's yeah. just great information. <clears throat> um,
0: well, starting to wrap up here. What what? One piece of advice would you give to people? What's your. You actually told me this off camera, but I'm going to let you say it because I love it. What's your words of wisdom you'd like to share with
1: people on the main thing? The main thing is just to keep moving, right? Mobility is key. Stay, stay mobile. Stay mobile. If you stop moving in different directions at different speeds, which we need to do, we need a sprint, we need a run, we need a squat, we need to move All slow, right. we got to move over to the right, move over to the left. But just keep moving. You got to be dynamic because if. If you, if you stop doing it, it right. your brain's going to take it away.
0: And clarifying of that movement in the three planes of motion, too, mm-hmm. because it's so important, like you say, right. you, you need to be able to move 3D. Yeah, 3D. That's, life that's, happens in 3D. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you. You're it's welcome. Been a real pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Ken, and thank you, everyone, for watching. I appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to visit sterlinghealthandfitness.com. And you see there's a bunch of information there, a lot of information like this from some other master instructors from NASM. And um, thanks again for watching. Appreciate your time, Ken. You're welcome. Have a good day.